Have you tried training methods that just didn't work? Do you feel that your pet is not getting his or her nutritional needs met? Are illnesses and bad behavior your daily norm? You're going to want to join me on the Pet Parenting Reset, where you'll hear interesting and informative interviews and get solutions to all your pet problems. I'm your host, Jessica L. Fisher. Hey guys, Jessica here, and I have the best guest for y'all this week, Kimberly Gautier with Keep the Tail Wagging. And we are just, (laughs) we're going to chat about raw food for our pets. So Kimberly, would you like to say hello? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful with with your curls too. I'm like, I didn't do my hair today because um, I actually have a hair appointment right after this. So I'm like, I feel like I got bangs the last time I got my hair done and I'm feeling very like mullet-esque. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to go get some some facial framing put in today. <laughs> I understand. I totally know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So Kimberly, um, for those of you who don't know, I would imagine you all do because she's 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 pretty famous and in, in my world at least um she runs the blog keep the tail wagging she has some really incredible social medias patreon and she along with one of her friends uh recent actually right around like a week i think before i did came out with a podcast yeah which is girls with dogs is that yep that's right? it yes. girls with dogs and I, I my my podcast listening is kind of on autopilot i like hit the play button and i clean or do whatever so that's exactly <laughs> what i do I love it. And I love just listening to the two of you chat. And I don't I don't know your friend personally or even on social media, but um, I love the way you play off of each other. And also, I've noticed a lot of differing views, even though you don't like confront each other like, hey, yeah. I don't believe you know what I mean? Like yeah. I can hear it in the way you talk back and forth. And I really love that. Yeah. I mean, it's like a reminder that we don't all have to agree. You know, we can still have really fun, great conversations. I have a, another girlfriend, she owns a raw food company and, you know, we'll have conversations about all kinds of things. And we have a rule that there are some things where it's just like, okay, we're going in a circles. So let's just agree to disagree because our, we shouldn't be trying to change each other's minds. We should be able to just have a conversation and hearing each other out. It's when we're trying to change the other person's mind that it kind of becomes combative. And that's like what I don't want. And so once we've gone in circles a million times, we're just sort of like, okay, yeah, next time, you know, we just move on. And, and, and it's funny because I don't know if it's maturity or just the quality of friends that I have, but it's really nice to be able to, um, to just talk about anything and not have certain topics off the table because now we're going to start fighting. Yeah. I think a lot of that is maturity. Like you were saying, you know, 10 years ago, I probably couldn't have said or not said a lot of the things I don't say. I know. know. (laughs) But um, yeah, no, I think it's wonderful. And also, yeah, I feel like now, and that's why I love your blog so much is because it's not like, do what I do because I tell you this. This is it's just like, well, this is what I do and take it or leave it. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I love it like so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It's funny because when I first started writing about raw feeding, 
it's so it cracks me up because I understood that I didn't know what I was doing. But I think like a lot of people who when they're new to raw feeding, we get so passionate and excited about this thing. And when we see it working, we're just so passionate that we kind of um, run over other people's comfort level and their feelings because this is it, you know, you have to do it this way. And this is where you're going to, and it took some time of just being quiet and listening or reading um, on social media to see that so many people are doing this. I guess we're all feeding raw, but everyone does it slightly differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of how many years ago it was, but I would say like eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, um, raw feeding was divided between barf and prey model. And um, probably a couple of years ago, I was talking to a friend and I was just like, it's people probably feed, start with one or the other, but then they adapt and adjust based on their dog, what they can get, what they thought out. I mean, so we're doing all of it. No one is strictly barf. No one is strictly prey model. It's just sort of like I... I call, well, I call the way I feed my dogs Frankenbarf because it's just sort of like, it's what I took out of the freezer. They're fine. <laughs> and once you recognize that there isn't one right way to do it, it takes away a lot of the um, arguments about raw feeding. Because I, I think recently I got a comment on a YouTube video um, and the guy was so passionate, you know, this is not the way to feed raw. And and I could just tell by the um, the comment, well, I wondered if he was new to raw feeding because it sounded like a comment of someone when you're new and you're taught this one way. And so that's what you think is the way to feed raw. And and I just responded, well, this may not be, be the way you feed raw, but this is how I feed raw. And if you go around and start meeting more people, you'll find that everyone does it just slightly differently. Even if we're feeding commercial raw, I mean, you, like you, you're alternating between these brands, but how many other people are doing exactly what you're doing with the exact same brands? I mean, it's okay, guys. I know. <laughs> it really is. And I, I mean, I know I have evolved so much from the moment I was like, I don't want to feed my pets kibble anymore to where I am today. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of, I feel like I want people to embrace the journey Yeah. because it's not, I mean, that's what it's about. It's about continuing to learn and change things. And when we are stubborn or maybe even a little egotistical, <laughs> even if we're not intending, you know, to be that way, it's hard to admit that we're wrong, yeah. even to ourselves, I think sometimes. So yeah, I think we have to, we have to get over that. Yeah. Sure. I, it's hard, you know, and that's why I, I'm really careful when I speak to people now about what they feed their dogs, how they feed their dogs, because it can come across even as you can be as gentle as possible, but it can come across as an attack. It's the same thing as, you know, talking to someone about their dog's weight and whether it be overweight or underweight, it can feel like an attack because people feel like you're telling them that you are doing something wrong, you are harming your dog, and people immediately go on the defense. And so I really changed my approach to um, sharing what I do. And if people have questions, you know, answering those, but also asking questions. So when people tell me what they do, you know, and I'm, it's not something that I've ever seen or even something I agree with. 
instead of just coming out and going, oh, that's wrong, I just asked them why. Because when I started asking questions, man, it, you know, you mentioned the journey, it just became that much better because all of a sudden I had so much more information from people because they have a dog with a certain condition and that's why they chose to do it this way. And, and it's one of those where, oh my gosh, I never really thought about that. I mean, right now I'm working on a blog post about fermented foods. I mean, I have a, a, a fair amount of content about fermenting, but I want to do um, some recipes, but I still need to approach like what dogs out there, you know, or what health issues can be, you know, made worse by feeding fermented foods. I mean, you know, there's so much that we still have to learn and um, exploring all sides of, a, you know, a, a subject is is really exhilarating to me. I, I, I get a kick out of it. I know I do too. And I think that's what makes us a little different because I know my <laughs> husband looks at me like I have three heads sometimes. And I'm like, but this is so fun and so interesting. And um, <laughs> and yeah, today's, so today's podcast was kind of, you did a quick video um, a couple of weeks ago, I think on social media. And it was basically about somebody, somebody basically calling you like an elitist and being yes. able to afford raw dog food. And it really like, as soon as I saw that video, I was like, oh my gosh, I need this on the podcast. <laughs> and then, right. So I, I don't, do, I am, I am not, you know, I don't have certifications for being a nutritionist or anything like that. But when I do go into people's homes, I do one-on-one um, -on -one dog training. And I always, in my intro meeting with them, I always bring up and I tell them up front, look, I'm going to give you a couple little quick pointers about nutrition, holistic health, and um, we're also going to talk about enrichment because that's a big part of training with a dog. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you want more information on this, let me know. I will talk forever and ever about this. So, you know, and more often than not, people are like, yes, I want to know about that. And most of my dog training clients actually do wind up switching over to a raw food diet. And I was putting together what what I would do for two dogs that I've been training and, and sent it over to him. And because one of them had, um, was treat, treated for heartworms right mm -hmm. after he adopted her. And she is quite chunky now from being in a crate for three months. <laughs> um, so my, you know, my mind like immediately went to bones and coat. Like we need to get this weight off of her. Right. And, um, not that not that this podcast is all about brands or anything like that. This is just my personal opinion. Um, but he was all in and he's like, yes, I want to I want to switch them over to a better food. He's very like my dogs are my everything, which is wonderful. And I love that. But when I was putting it together and I was realizing because I have a 12 pound dog um, that these two 65 pound dogs, how much they would eat in a day. I'm like, holy moly, thank goodness this man's a lawyer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
it is. It's, 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 that's another thing. Years ago, I used to do um, like a monthly blog post that was like my budget for the month. This is what I spent. This is what I bought. And someone sent me an email, like an experienced raw feeder. Just, I know you're, tr this is, you're trying to help people, but just FYI, those numbers are insane and you're scaring people away. And I stopped doing it. And I thought that, you know, okay, well, I'll wait until I can figure out how to get my budget even lower. Because back then I was spending about 500 bucks a month. Um, and the reason why I was spending so much is one, commercial raw. But two, anything that anyone recommended, I bought. And today I'm, you know, I do primarily DIY. And it's funny because um, I, if I can, if I can provide something to my dogs through food, it's just so much, you know, less expensive than buying a supplement. So, you know, now I spend, you know, on average about a couple hundred bucks a month for four big dogs. And I, but it's, it's interesting because that woman, <clears throat> it, I, I was telling a friend that I wish I did something like, you know, best, you know, troll comment of the month or something, because <laughs> she would have gotten an award, because it was such an amazing, just out there comment. Um, because, you know, after I did that video, she continued messaging me and she sent me a message saying, you know, thank you so much for doing the video, but you missed the point. Because mm -hmm. it was just one of those where she didn't want to do any of those things. Um, that I suggested. And, you know, and she was like, I went to the blog post, I can't do any of that is 30 tips in that blog post, but she couldn't do any of those. Um, and she felt that um, the reason why she called me the Kim Kardashian of the raw feeding world is because she felt that I was out of touch. And that I was she said called me unwoke, which I was just like, it's dog food. Why are we politicizing dog food? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. And it was just this long, like dressing down. And I just, you know, responded, you know, I disagree. And um, but thank you for your feedback and and just left it at that. Um, but, you know, what I took from that is just a reminder that even though to me, spending on average 200 bucks a month is amazing. I also have, you know, two jobs. I have my day job and then I have my blog, which is I consider another full time job because it's mm -hmm. a lot of work. And um, so to me, 200 bucks a month is is doable. And I compare it to the 500 bucks a month. And then my very worst month um, when I was transitioning from commercial raw to DIY, I spent um, almost 900 bucks that month. Thank God I had like my tax return because my tax return basically paid for dog food. And so that's what I compare it to. So I, I'm like, this is great. And 200 bucks is basically, you know, 50 bucks per dog. So to me, that's absolutely doable um, for me. Yeah. But it's so important for me to remember that there are people who will come across blog posts who can't do that. And that goes back to why it's so very um, crucial that I don't deliver this content as you must do it this way. Um, I need to leave room for people to do what works for them based on their area, their sourcing and their budget. Yeah. And I think um, I'd like to have you give a few, you know, not all 30, <laughs> but a few of those tips. Um, but I, really quick before you do, I think it's important. And that's why one of the reasons why I love Dr. Karen Becker so much is because she is very like adamantly do the best you can. 
Mm -hmm. right? With the knowledge you have and what you have available to you. And I think that's so incredibly important because it's not like, I want to be part of this community who, you know, lifts people up and helps provide them with knowledge they didn't otherwise have to, you know, spark something in their brain that says, oh, wait, I can do a little bit better in this area. Mm -hmm. I have, I just didn't realize I, I, I had this. Yeah. you know, available to me. So yeah, I think before we go any further, it's, it's all about doing the best you can with what you know, and what you have available to you. Right, right. I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, so tell me about some of these tips. because <laughs> it, is, it, it and, and that's what I was telling this, this one client that I, I brought up a minute ago. I it's, like everything else in life, you're either going to pay for the convenience or you're going to have to put time in. Like yeah. that's, that's the trade-off with everything, right? And it's no different when we're feeding our dog. Well, it's like pay now or pay later. So you can pay now, whether it be with money or time or a combination of both, um, to feed your dogs, you know, a healthy diet versus pay later because you have sick dogs. And so now you're paying for vet bills and, um, losing work and losing sleep because your dog is sick. But yeah, when it comes to, you know, the the main one that I tell everyone and I'm probably most known for is I encourage people to look for a local raw food co-op in their area. And on my blog um, at keepthetailwagging.com backslash C-O-O-P, um, I have a list of co-ops by state. Um, and there's one in Canada. And actually, I need to add another one today. But um, I get emails from people probably every couple months who a new co-op is. So what I love is raw feeding is so mainstream today that, you know, this is an an opportunity or a resource that's available to a lot of people. Not every co-op is created equal. I'm very lucky where I live in the Pacific Northwest. We have what I consider the best co-op in the country. I say that having no experience with any other co-op, <laughs> but I'm a little biased. But um, but yeah, that's like the main one because when before I joined the co-op, I was on my way back to feeding kibble because I just could not figure out DIY. And even DIY was expensive because I was buying the food from the grocery store um, and my dogs can't eat um, chicken. So it was beef and pork. And it was just, it was just a nightmare. Um, but after I joined the co-op immediately, I saw a 50% drop in how much I spent. And then as I got used to, um, shopping and understanding what I, I could feed my dogs, you know, I started following raw feeding Miami on Instagram and I would see just the stuff that they were sharing and was like, Oh my gosh. And they were kind enough one year to send me a box of food. Um, and I got all these things that I've never thought to feed before. And just that kindness just opened my, my eyes to all these different things. So I was able to continue cutting my budget because I could replace the more expensive cuts of meat with something that was just as nutritious, but not as spendy because it wasn't as popular in restaurants and, and such. But um, so that's the main one is join a raw food co-op. The other one's are things like, look at how much you're feeding your dogs. A lot of people don't realize it, but they're overfeeding their dogs. I know I was for a long time. And that right there can save you a lot of money if you just start paying attention to how much your dogs weigh, making sure you're keeping that weight on them at a healthy weight. 
um, you can save money that way. And a third one is something that people they're doing, but a lot of people who want to switch the raw, they're, they're so over kibble that they don't want to touch kibble at all. But I tell people feed a hybrid diet. So when I first started feeding raw, I fed raw in the morning and kibble in the evening until I, cause I was scared and didn't know. I was like, I'm going to give this a try. And I was worried about my budget and how much it would cost. And so I did that for a few months until we ran out of kibble. And, um, and then I went to full-time raw. And so I tell people it's okay to feed a hybrid diet. I mean, not everyone can afford to feed raw because not everyone has access to the same resources. So um, if kibble, a good quality kibble that you trust is available to you, then that can be one meal and then the other meal can be a raw meal. And you just basically cut your raw budget in half by doing that. Yeah, that is you know, I, I, I see people who, who bash that too, but I think, and I know you say it all the time and it is probably one of my most favorite sayings. And I, I don't know if you have, but if you haven't, you should put it on a t-shirt that says feed the dog in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the only reason why I haven't is, and I probably should, cause it's not like someone trademarked, at least I hope they haven't, but someone <laughs> gave me that advice years ago when I was getting so overwhelmed, um, it was back when I used to have this group, um, the raw feeders kicked out club because I kept getting kicked out of raw feeding groups. <laughs> so I made my own and, um, we were talking about balancing and people were talking about these spreadsheets and, um, all this stuff that you had to do. And I was like, no one is going to do this. Feeding a dog should not include spreadsheets and software programs and, and such. And I, I was just like, this is ridiculous. And, I think around the same time, um, Dogs Naturally Magazine came out with an article about balancing fats. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. What do you mean balancing fat? What? Who does this? Who is telling us? It? And I was, I became convinced that everyone was secretly trying to make raw feeding like this ex exclusive club of nerds and make it too, sound too hard for everyone else. And I was just so aggravated because even myself, I'm like, I don't wanna do all of these extra things. I mean, I would if it was required, but I just didn't feel like it was necessary because for decades people have been feeding raw and they weren't balancing fats. They weren't using software programs. They weren't tallying things up in a spreadsheet. So it's like, why are their dogs living these long lives? But now all of a sudden we have to do jump through all these hoops just to feed a raw food diet. Um, and that's when, and I honestly can't remember who said it to me, but that's when was like, well, that's why you should just focus on the dog in front of you. And man, that burned into my brain. And so every single time I would start feeling overwhelmed, I would just calm down and go, you know, this doesn't apply to my dog. I mean, it's great information. I find it interesting, but this just doesn't apply. So like the balancing of fats, um, you know, for those of you guys who are listening and are like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> it's basically, um, gosh, I don't even know how to explain it. I know it came from the master nutritionist or, or meal formulator, Steve Brown. But if you feed beef, there's a certain number of fats that you're supposed to add to that diet. If you feed chicken, there's certain fats that you add to that diet. And that's like oils and, and, you know, chia seeds, I guess, and, and just things like that. And um, there is a chart on <laughs> Dogs Naturally magazine. I even talk about it in my book, which I need to rewrite. But, um, but it's just to me, it's like, do I need to go and buy a bottle of walnut oil now? It was just like, what are you doing? But someone told me, um, 
which, and I was disappointed that this wasn't made more clear to me or that I didn't test. I don't want to blame Dogs Naturally magazine. I didn't take this from their article was the fact that this is something that you need to do if you're limited on the proteins that you're feeding your dog. But I feed a high variety of proteins. I mean, my protein list used to be like close to 15 proteins. Today it's significantly smaller because the prices of everything has skyrocketed. So, um, you know, but I try to keep at least, you know, four or five proteins in rotation with my dogs. And because I'm doing that, I, I don't have to worry about balancing fats. But it's it's things like that, of learning the balance between accepting really good information and thinking like, oh, this is really interesting, and then focusing on what your dog specifically needs, <clears throat> because the two don't always align. They don't. And I, I, I went through that, that phase too, where I was like, oh, that looks cool. And I bought it. And like, oh, yes. I wonder if Kim would, you know, get, get benefits for that. And I bought it. And um, I, I will say the one thing that I'm still working on is variety of proteins for her. And because I do feed commercial raw, it's a little bit harder, mm-hmm. um, especially when, you know, I have to buy a whole huge bag and then she ends up like turning her nose up to chicken or turkey, which happens a lot. Yeah. Um, and not that she has any, she doesn't have any, any, you know, intolerances or sensitivities. She's just, she likes beef. Like, I don't know what else to say. She likes beef. (laughs) (laughs) That's how my cat is with fish. And it drives me crazy because I allow him to have a little bit of fish in, in treat form every day. But I offset it with like chicken or turkey or goose or rabbit, but something that's non-seafood so that he's not getting too much fish. But have you ever considered just doing the variety in the treats? Because that's something that I do is if I can't, like, for instance, I lost my source of quail. I mean, I have another source of quail, but my main source, which was good and I could afford it. I could buy it by the case. It was awesome for, for now. Um, I've lost it. They're temporarily shut down. Um, and I hope that they come back. But uh, so I look to um, treats and I have a pet store here locally that the first Wednesday of the month, they offer 20% off of raw, freeze dried and dehydrated. And that's food, treats and like the, you know, um, goat's milk and just everything. And it's all, they have two parts of the store. So all the fresh food is in one part of the store. And I show up right when they open on the first Wednesday and get a few things. And I I don't get, I don't get tons because I try to get everything through the co-op, but it's an opportunity to try new treats and stuff like that. That way my dogs are getting like, for instance, um, I don't know if it's chicken, but I think it is chicken stomach. Like there's a brand that now I love brands that are using going like nose to tail where they're using the entire animal. And so that's a big thing. I think it's, I, it's not farmer's dog. It's someone or farm hounds. It's not farm hounds. It's a, it's the natural pet food company, I think, or maybe it is. I don't know. Forget. I don't know. But okay. it's one of those new, it's not a new brand, but it's one of those natural type brands. And it's like they're coming up with all these really cool different proteins and different parts of the body. So I've started adding variety in that way as well. Yeah, no, I love that. And she does get some variety with her treats. So um, she gener- actually, I don't remember the last time she had chicken as her main meal protein, but her favorite treat is a chicken heart. So she does get um, 
quite a few of those, especially yeah. when we're training. <laughs> and um, recently, it's the New Zealand Natural Pet Food Company, I think. Their treat is um, lamb green tripe with green lipped mussels. Yes. And all of my cats and Kim all love it. So they oh, get, I have to look that up. Yeah, they all love it. I buy it in bulk. <laughs> I know that's what I'll do is like, I have, I was going to see if I had it so I can reach for it. I do. It's behind me. <clears throat> this is almost a case of green lip muscle treats. Do you know what? I bought some green lip muscle treats from Northwest Naturals. Yep. And um, if I cut them up, like literally take the scissors and cut them, two of my cats will eat and, and Kim, sometimes they will eat the outside um, white part or whiteish part, but yeah. the inside, like they won't touch it. I don't Isn't know that funny? I love animals because my cat will eat that, but I have to break it up for him, and it takes him a while to finish it. Um, but it's it's hilarious um, how animals react to things because when I'm handing those out. One of my dogs, Apollo, the youngest, he likes looks at it and then slowly takes it, and then he eat, and he'll eat it. But it's just like, like I'm not trying to poison you, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I I think it's, it's interesting just paying it, you know, paying attention to what they do, what they like, what they don't like. Um, I ordered a case. I'm so just disappointed. I ordered a case of food from a local company and my dogs did not do well on it at all. And one of my dogs went to the bowl, sniffed and then backed away. Like, nope, I'm not eating that. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know what he sniffed. The food isn't bad. It's not like it was brand new and I had just thought it out. Um, but there's something about it that didn't sit well with them. And I found out later because everyone had diarrhea. So, <laughs> and so after that, everyone was like, nope, that's the food that made me feel sick yesterday. So I'm not eating that either. But um, I just think it's kind of cool because our animals are talking to us all the time. It's just, we need to pay attention and listen. Yeah. Well, and Kim is one of those dogs that it's like, she eats her food fine because it's all blended together all the mm -hmm. veggies and everything is blended in but if i try to give her any vegetable or or fruit she will not she's like you're out of your mind <laughs> I, I did a, um, a platter for her birthday and put a whole bunch of different stuff on it and she ended up eating everything like she was hesitant about a couple of things um but she ended up eating everything but the blueberries yeah and i'm like you little. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I've done that with my dogs too. And I actually um, ordered some of those, the, I can't remember what it's called, but you know, the flat feeding trays. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. And um, to try those out with all of the dogs. But I did it once on a cutting board with one of my dogs just to see what she would eat. And I knew she would eat everything, but I was curious about the order in which she would eat. Mm -hmm. And so that was fun watching her sniff, sniff, sniff. Okay, this is next. And so I've noticed that my dogs eat anything that's crunchy first. So when I put like a duck wing in the bowl um, or a quail, um, that's what's going to be eaten first. And the vegetables are usually the very last thing to be eaten if I don't mix them in. So I always, uh, not always, but sometimes I'll put a spoonful of green juju in the bowl and um, 
Rodrigo, I have to mix his in for him to eat it. Otherwise, he'll just eat around it. Um, sometimes he'll come back and eat it later if it's there. If one of the if I picked up his bowl before one of the other dogs got to it, but it's just not his first thing. But all of the dogs they leave the vegetables to last, but they do eat them. And when it comes to fruit, um, they go crazy for apples and blackberries, but that's because that's what's growing on our property. So they pick them themselves. They'll go to the apple tree. I think it's like August to September is when the apple tree is ready and they'll pick up apples. Um, one of my dogs will eat plums. Uh, and so I have, I have to try to get it from him so I can take the big O seed out of it, mm -hmm. but he'll eat a plum, but the other ones will eat the apples. And then we have, we had Johan killed them all, but we had tons of blackberry bushes <laughs> and I would walk around like every weekend with a bowl, just picking blackberries. And I guess I was giving, passing them out. I was taking too long and they got impatient. So one year they just started pulling the blackberries. And now it's like a race where if I want blackberries, I have to get down there because the dogs are going to clear them out. That's so funny. I love it so much too. <laughs> yeah, no, Kim is Kim is very much very much like that. She is just no, like she is a meat eater <laughs> for sure. And and I recently, I you know I I've had Dr. Judy Morgan's book, the um, Yin and Yang Nutrition, yeah. for years. And I never really like, I mean, I, I cooked a couple of things in it, the pup loaf. And I did, I think, an earth diet for Kim one time. And she liked it because I, I was just going by her coat color. And I was like, let's give it a try. She liked it. She ate it. But um, it, it, it is really interesting how, you know, we have this knowledge. And it's great. And it's wonderful. And, and I like knowing about these things. But I, I never put a whole lot of attention towards it until very, very recently with my cat, Sissy. And I have been doing so, 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 so much with her um, because she's over, she's over grooming due to stress. And like, we've been through everything and all the woo-woo stuff and everything. <laughs> and um, finally found a holistic, uh, she is more holistic, I would say. She works out of a traditional practice. So mm. I think, you know, she has access to other, other traditional things, but she herself is very woo woo, <laughs> um, and very holistic in her practice. And she said after, I don't know if you know who Pam Roussel is, but she did some muscle testing on a couple of my cats and told me to stop feeding fish basically to my cat sissy and so when i went to this vet and you know got recently got some acupuncture done and, and other things and she said yeah no that that's definitely fish is um gosh what did she say i'm gonna get this wrong fish is cool it's either cooling or warming. I don't remember which one because I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> but she was like, yeah, feed, um, you know, lamb, venison, um, chicken, beef. So neutral. And I think, I think those are neutral and warming is what I'm going for. And mm. the fish is cooling. I could be, I could have those backwards, but anyway, um, I'm gonna look yeah. It <laughs> so she, she was really into like the energetics of food. And so now yeah. I really am like getting more into and trying to learn more about the energetics of, of food because it actually applies to one of my pets now. <laughs> it is, it's kind of cool. I, I love the um, topic of food energetics. The thing that I don't like is when I see people who are brand new to raw feeding and they are so focused 
on it because it's just like, and I'll tell people, if you want to feed this way, that's great, but you really need the guidance of someone to walk you through because it's one of those, I'm an accountant by day, so that's kind of how I look at the world, but for every debit, there needs to be a credit for you to have balance. And so it's not enough to say, well, my dog seems like a hot dog, so I'm only going to feed cooling proteins because maybe the cooling proteins aren't going to give your dog everything that you need. So Rodrigo, he is what would be considered a hot dog in that, you know, he's always panting. Um, he has, you know, skin sensitivities um, and protein sensitivities, and he has a lot of the um, telltale signs of a hot dog. So if I just like looked at the surface information of food energetics, I would just feed cooling proteins. But um, what if you don't have access to a lot of the cooling proteins? Does that mean that you can only feed one or two proteins because you have a hot dog? And it's like, no, Rodrigo eats like venison. And, you know, some people, for instance, won't feed a hot protein in the summertime. I do. I just mix it with something cooling. Um, but I don't put a today I don't put a lot of thought into it because I'm so used to feeding this way, but it is kind of fun to figure these things out. And especially when you see it working, because, you know, whenever I add a new protein to the diet, I have to go as for Rodrigo at least and see where on the chart does it land? Because I need to know, should I just feed a small amount? Like trout, I think trout is a warming protein. If I if I'm right, because I think in my head, I thought it was cooling and I was wrong. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised. So he only gets a small amount. He doesn't like the other dogs will get a huge heaping pool, spoonful also from Northwest Naturals. Um, <laughs> but he only gets a small amount because, you know, and he'll actually would turn his nose up at it if it's too much. Like he knows that he can't have too much of it. But it's it's kind of fun just to look at things a little differently. Kind of like, you know, when I said earlier about looking at raw feeding Miami's Instagram feed and seeing all the different things that you could feed to your dogs that way, or other people who share their meals on Instagram. But the um, food energetics is just like another fun thing to look at to, to balance everything out because it's not just the warming and cooling. There's the um, list of foods that, you know, remove phlegm from the body mm -hmm. um, and, or that create more phlegm in the body. There's just, there's all kinds of lists. And I think a lot of us just stop at the warming and cooling. Mm -hmm. And it's just like not realizing that the choices that we made based on that chart actually might cause additional issues. So we need to keep reading. So um, I was lucky enough a few years ago to have a veterinarian that practice Chinese medicine. And so she was really helpful. But um, it, it's one of those where whenever I see someone brand new talking about warming and cooling, I just cringe. You know, I keep my mouth shut, but I cringe <laughs> inside. I'm just like, oh, no. But everyone has to learn. Yeah, I my hope is that if somebody is brand new to just feeding your dog on your own period, not, you know, outside of feeding a commercially available food that if they do stumble upon energetics, it just opens up their mind, you know, to mm -hmm. everything else that's out there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, I think that's why I like Dr. Judy's book so much is because it is so oh, detailed and I love it. of course she does. She starts off by saying like, that is the, like the whole 
purpose, like the whole like idea behind yin and yang is that it's not, you can never be a hundred percent one way mm -hmm. or the other. It, you're out of balance if you're a hundred percent one way or the other. So um, no, it's so interesting. But anyway, that I got off topic there a little. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So I think the, the, the other thing that yeah, I felt like this podcast was going to be important to cover was just how there, there is room for people Oh, of course, there's room for people like you, but people who are out there feeding or do, doing DIY raw or even feeding a commercial raw and sharing mm -hmm. their knowledge and experience um, without the need to be called, uh, you know, some sort of Kim Kardashian yeah. or, <laughs> or um, <laughs> an unwoke out of touch person. Right, right because... Well, you know, without it, all we have are the big pet food, really the big pet food companies because yeah. the small pet food companies, which we, I know people like us are, you know, generally more champions of, they just don't, they don't have the marketing budget. So the bulk of the message out there is from big pet food. And yeah. so even, even when people come at you, for instance, saying you're, you're Kim Kardashian, that, you know, it's still important that you put your message out there because that next person that reads, reads the next comment may, may be like, oh my gosh, I really need to look at this more. Yeah. Right. I, think, um, I don't know if you saw on social media this weekend, I was cleaning the house. And so I took a trip to the dump and when I got out of the car, I needed help taking an old total gym out of the car. And this guy was like, hell, anything for a celebrity. But I thought he was just being nice. And so I'm just like, okay, I'll go along. And he helps me. And he just keeps looking at me and he's talking to me. And then finally, I'm like, what? And he was like, <laughs> he was like wagging tail something. And I was like, you read my blog? And he was like, yes. And I switched my dog to raw. And he just started going, just like animated and just explaining everything to me. And it was such a reminder that you never know who's watching and you never know who you're impacting. And the more people who are sharing their experience, whether it be like Gabrielle Joy, who just created a Facebook page called Canine Ascension. I mean, she didn't just create it, but that's what, she doesn't have a blog. She just has her Facebook page. You know, you can have someone who is just sharing recipes like that. You have, um, uh, they're on Facebook is Kayak Shebel. And that's the name of their dog. And they also share a lot of graphics of what they feed their dogs and, and recipes and things like that. And this is someone who I've learned so much from and have grown to just really respect. There's, you know, all we have is each other, honestly. I mean, yes, a lot of veterinarians are coming along, but many don't really know about raw feeding the way we know about raw feeding simply because they don't have the time to take that on along with everything else in their day-to-day -day lives as veterinarians. So, you know, although there are some veterinarians out there like Dr. Judy Morgan, who can, is are writing books and helping people, you know, for the bulk of it, it's people, you know, pet parents who are sharing information with each other you know, on social media. And the more people who are doing that, the more mainstream it becomes. Because, you know, eight years ago, when I first started, it's like eight, nine years ago, when I first started feeding raw, you know, that was when um, we took, you know, there were all the articles, the anti-raw articles that were written by like the big, you know, pet food companies. Ah, hey, Kim. <laughs> and, you know, the, um, 
you know, when it comes down to it today, there are so many people, you know, who have different paths and different ways that they're feeding raw. And that also is so helpful because there can be a person who is following me and they don't have a big dog. They have a tiny breed dog and maybe their dog can't have eggs or, you know, there's just so many things that I, my message might be a little off for them. Like they can still learn from me, but it's not quite the same. But I have a girlfriend um, who, you know, Rebecca, who has smaller breed dogs and she feeds raw as well. And so she has a blog that people could follow and actually really immerse themselves in what it is to feed a small breed dog raw. And then on the flip side, you know, there are people who have, you know, active hunting dogs. So what is their diet like? Or giant breed dogs, what is their diet like? And, you know, how much does it cost? There's there's so many people that have something to offer. And what I find interesting is when more and more people started jumping in the game, I would get emails where people would ask me if I mind it. Do you mind if I write about raw feeding too? And I'm like, no, the more the merrier. I mean, you know, eight years ago, I was, you know, a big fish in a little pond because I was the only one writing consistently about raw feeding. But today I'm I'm in the school of fish because so many people are sharing and it's kind of cool because um, people are sharing things that I never considered or never thought about. And it's kind of cool to be able to confidently say, I don't agree with that for my dogs and have it not turn into a fight. It's just like, you know, you can give and take and be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's great information, but it's just not for my dogs. And you just keep learning. And it's it's kind of exciting. It's it's kind of exciting having these grown-up conversations instead of just, you know, where it used to be biting each other's heads off about vegetables or coconut oil or whatever we were going to fight about for the day. It's kind of exciting just to to talk about like the foods that we can't stand feeding. Um, but we do it anyway because we love <laughs> our dogs. But, you know, the things like that are, you know, what do I do if my partner is not supportive or how do I talk to my veterinarian about this and, and hearing um, experiences from other people. And it goes both ways. Cause like on the topic of speaking to your veterinarian, I appreciate the people who tell me about their negative experiences because it's a reminder to me that it's not easy for everyone. And, um, and maybe I could either, lose, you know, end up having to go to another veterinarian or move to a different area. And I end up with a veterinarian that's like, nope, I am not down with raw. And that person's experience is going to come back and help me through that situation. So I think, yeah, the more the merrier, because one person or even five people can't cover information for every single pet parent out there. It's just not possible. But all of us together, we can, you know, we can change the world. Very true. <laughs> so deep. So deep. <laughs> That's, you. you know, one of the reasons why I love the two crazy cat ladies too, because they are all about collaboration and cooperation and not it, like it, it isn't, you know, me or, or you, right? Yeah. It's, it's all of us trying to help yeah. pets because that's the bottom line at the end of the day. Like, I don't care what you think about me personally. If, if the information I put out there sparks something in your brain that goes, I can change what I'm doing with my pet and make their life a little bit better, whether that is training related or enrichment or feeding, or maybe not 
you know, getting, getting that next job and getting a tighter, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like whatever it may be, um, just, just to start thinking about things a little bit differently, which is, uh, actually why my, my husband named my podcast. We sat down for like a week and we were like writing out a bunch of, you know, different titles and names. And he was like, well, what's the ultimate goal? And I'm like, the ultimate goal is to reset the way people think, like mm-hmm. change the way people think about their pets. And he's like, and he, he said, reset. That's what we're doing. We're resetting yeah. um, that that switch in our brain. Right? No, it's perfect. It absolutely is perfect because it is. It's just a, a different way of looking at things. And what's funny is that once people start looking at it, it makes perfect sense. It's just like one of those things where we go on autopilot on so many things in our lives where this is just what we do. And we don't think about why we do it this way. We just go on autopilot. And so when you can like shake it up with someone and ask them, well, are you eating McDonald's every single day, twice a day? <laughs> and if you did, what would that do to your body? Right. And cause it's like, that's kind of like what some of us are doing. I mean, not all kibble is, you know, McDonald's level, but you know, some of us, that's what we're doing with our dogs. And then we don't understand why our dogs are sick all the time. And it's just sort of like, you know, those are the type of things that make sense for people of just having that analogy. And then also just understanding that, like, for instance, the woman that gave me the feedback, that wasn't about me. That was about her and her mm-hmm. frustration with, you know, maybe she feels that she failed her dog and she was projecting that onto me. And my social media posts were constantly a constant reminder of her failure. And it's about not allowing that to get in our way of sharing information. I mean, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. It's not my job to be everyone's cup of tea. That's not why I'm here. Um, a second great piece of advice specific to content creation that I got, which was from Krista Powell, who owns Vibrant Canine. Years ago, she told me I was like considering um, quitting the blogging stuff because I was just like, I don't know. I, I don't have the passion anymore. It's back in 2018. After Super Zoo, I was just like, I'm done. I don't really want to do this anymore. And she told me that when we reach a point where we're talking about ourselves more than we're talking about the dogs that we claim to want to help, then that's when we need to take a step back and really think about if we're on the right path and if we need to rethink what we're doing or just go in a different direction and do something else. And so that's sort of my um, barometer of what I'm doing. And although I think a lot of people are afraid to share because they're afraid of the trolls and they're afraid of, you know, the negative feedback. And that truly is sort of like a drop in the bucket of what, of the people that you help. I mean, I always feel like every time I get a particularly nasty message or comment from someone, someone up above sends someone my way who I helped or who's like the guy, Tom, at the, you know, mm-hmm. the the recycling place. And it's just sort of like, I was on a high from talking to that guy for five minutes for like, you know, 36 hours. I was just so happy. And because um, it's just like, you know, okay, people, I am helping. I'm not out here making people feel bad. I'm not making it worse for people. I am helping by sharing, you know, what I'm doing and my experience. And so as long as we can remember that we are helping. There are people, even people who don't say anything, they're just completely silent. They still are paying attention and they still are listening. And then someday you get a message from someone who is like, you're the reason why I feed raw now, or you're the reason why, you know, I was about to quit. 
and you came out and you're, you made it so easy. And, you know, and it's just like, those are the type of things that feed my soul and keep me going because it's like, okay, I am helping dogs. This is, this is great. <laughs> that is so true. And I think the majority are silent. Um, mm -hmm. So always trying to remember that the, the majority are silent and, and honestly, that's why I still do in-home training. My husband is constantly like, you need to stop because it's so time consuming. And I, I put so much more time into it than just showing up at the person's house um, because, you know, I, there's so much stuff I do behind the scenes where I'm, you know, I, I, I get all the information from my, cust my customer about what their dog is, you know, the, the breed, what their issues are. And I, I you know, I'm, behind the scenes i'm i'm creating these like this is what i would feed your dog and these are the enrichment activities and you know looking up where you can go to get up uh, go to take your dog for a barn hunt or whatever it may be and um but that's where i find so much joy in seeing these people light up because their dog's behavior is changing mm -hmm. and they are just like wow this is absolutely amazing <laughs> i know your book your little tiny book i still it's over there i keep it like available to me because i love it so much because mm -hmm. i have a dog that is a big time barker and um and it doesn't bother me anymore i mean there are days when she's just like going on and on and i'm just looking at her like wow wow zoe but you know i just turn to her and I go okay well thank you zoe and she stops and it's just like just acknowledging her and the barking instead of barking back at her <laughs> has made such a huge difference. And it's it's little things like that. And that's why, again, it's so important for all of us to be sharing because I have been reading training books and working with trainers, not on like Zoe's barking, but I, I mean, I've had dogs since 2010. So I've been working with trainers and reading training books and behavior books since 2010. And that book, something clicked. And it's just like, those are the type of things. And you, what's funny is that if I didn't know you, I would never have gotten that book. It's just that you were promoting it. And I guess you you sent me a copy. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the reason why I read it. Because it was just like, and it was, you sent me a copy at a time when I needed something. And it was exactly what I needed. And those are the type of things that happen. It's like, I think we all find each other when we need each other. And that's why it's so important for all of us to be sharing our experiences. And to speak to the two crazy cat ladies, I love their motto of learn, share, grow, because it's just like, that's basically what it is. You know, it's mm -hmm. not about fighting or arguing. It's not about who's right, who's wrong. It's about, you know, basically being quiet and learning and then sharing what you're doing and then everyone can grow from what, you know, from that discussion and that back and forth. Absolutely. Well, I have probably already taken up too much <laughs> of your time and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I do have one little, um, I, I want to I just ask you one more question that I, sure. I didn't tell you about, but a lot of people may not know that you also have a, an absolutely adorable cat named Cosmo. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and um, very much in line with the whole motto of feeding the pet in front of you, not necessarily dog. I think you and I are probably on the same wavelength of what we are doing with our cats because they are just the most insane little beings. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> I mean, I am not, I mean, I look at my, my Cosmo, it's like you, he will happily starve himself. I mean, it's just like, just eat the food, Cosmo. <laughs> but he lets me know what he wants. And, and yeah, he eats, he will not eat raw anymore. He ate raw for probably three months. And now he eats for years. Now he's been eating freeze dried um, food and he loves it. And I'm, I'm happy to give it to him. Yes, that's that's my motto with my cats too. No matter what I'm talking about, um, they are the ultimate decision makers. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> on like on everything. They'll he'll love something, love something for, and I'm like, yes, I've nailed it. And then all of a sudden, I go into he has a room upstairs, and I go in there, and his dish is still filled, and I'm like, okay, I'll try one more time, and then it's time to and. But luckily, the um, freeze dried. So knock on wood, the freeze dried has been um, just. It's, I guess that's the answer because he, he, he's been eating that for a long time, for several years now. And, um, but it was, it was, it was a lovely path to get him off of kibble. I was so thankful to, um, actually an owner of a, several people helped me get him off of kibble by sharing advice. And then someone who used to own Betty, she used to own Bravo pet food, sent me a message. Cause I was just like, I so frustrated. And she was like, do this. And I was like, Oh, and cause I, I, it, it's sort of like, I missed a step in the process that people didn't do themselves. And that was the key to get him off of kibble. And for those of you guys who are curious, it was feeding, um, going from kibble to canned food, but not the high quality canned food. It was the low quality canned food. So I went to the grocery store and got lots of, you know, I don't know, friskies and those type of canned foods. Cause it was like, make sure he'll actually eat it and then <laughs> give him something yummy because that's kind of the fast food maybe of cat food. And he loved it. And then I transitioned him from that to a higher quality wet food. And then from that to raw and then from raw back to a higher quality wet food and then to um, freeze dried. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, and actually freeze dried is what got my most kibble addicted cats off of kibble yeah the um the flash flash freeze dry yeah ones that yeah is that how you i don't know if that's the proper term for it um but because it had the crunch mm -hmm. yeah they were like okay i can i, I will can, eat this <laughs> yeah i will do this that's what helped me more than anything and i actually do have two that will eat a very teeny tiny little bit of um raw which is nice but the other two won't so <laughs> yeah it's like they the dogs are so much easier it's like uh they're heaven compared to cosmo but you know as long as it's like again knock on wood as long as everything is fine i feel like it's like a balancing act where i'm going to tiptoe around him and not shake anything up yes i totally feel the same and I, that's what i told um jay and adrian i said you know 15 years ago, I would have told you cats are so much easier than dogs. And today, <laughs> absolutely not. Dogs are so much easier than cats. Yes, exactly. I feel like dogs are more work, for me at least, than cats. But uh, cats are more complicated because I really get dogs. I don't always get cats. And so um, my cat will be going on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, slams a door in my face on something. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're telling me. I don't understand. Please explain. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> ugh. but he's, he's a sweet cat. So. Yes. I know. I need to see more of him. On <laughs> <video>. <laughs> I know he's like, he's upstairs. He doesn't, he's like, I feel like 
we're living in his house. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I hardly see him. I go and hang out with him every evening. And we just lay next to each other. And I tell him about my day. But mostly he's just mm -hmm. sort of like he has his own room. He has his, a bedroom upstairs. It's all of his and has all of his stuff in it. So that's where I love that. My cats have their own room, too. I have um, four of them right now. And so I, I decked out the, the garage as their living space now. And it's been I spent a lot of money this year because <laughs> <as> we moved. <laughs> but um, yeah, so thank you so, 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 so much for being on the show. I know it was incredibly educational to a lot of our listeners. And um, yeah, I, I just, I can't tell you enough like please go check out keep the toe wagging and you are you're everywhere right like you're yeah. on tiktok yeah yeah <laughs> i'm dog blogger on tiktok i'm dog blogger life on instagram because someone stole keep the tail wagging and um i'm Ooh. and i'm keep the tail wagging on facebook um but yeah i'm pretty and i'm kimberly goatee on youtube i'm a little all over the place but i am on many of the social media platforms it can it can be hard like because i i know i just changed the name this year for, to of my stuff to the pet parenting reset but i didn't mm -hmm. change my instagram and yeah it can be hard to yeah. be the same thing everywhere <laughs> yeah. i mean it's just like i'm always impressed why people who do that because i've changed the name of so many things the only thing that stayed consistent is keep the tail wagging but um now it's like it's so long that not all platforms have enough characters for me to do keep the tail wagging. So that's why it's not everywhere. So, <laughs> and you have a line of merch, right? I do. I have t-shirts and hoodies. That's more like fun um, that I do. Like whenever I come up with a, a saying, um, yeah. I'll create a t-shirt or something like that with it. Like I used to tell people, you know, my dogs eat better than I do. They don't anymore because thanks to my dogs, I eat better. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like little fun stuff, but that's linked on my blog. Perfect. Yeah, I know I have the um I think it's live love raw, and then it has yeah. the definition of a raw feeder on the back. I love it <laughs> so much. My husband was like, Raw, what are you, are you talking about? Photography? And I was like, <laughs> No, you know me better than that. What are you even talking about? <laughs> Oh my God, I forgot about that. That was my first <laughs> blog was a photography blog. And gosh, I love really? photography. I didn't yeah. know that. I, I loved know. photography. Oh, and while you're here, you see my painting? Yes. And I actually, you were talking and I was like, oh, I need to say something about that because you went to like a, a paint night the other night, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud I, of it. I can't tell you how many, like very few people I've seen on social media posts, like their paint night things, but they, the ones that go tend to go more like they go regularly and I'm like so jealous because I feel like if I went to one I don't even drink so I would be totally sober and I would wind up with like abstract like I don't I don't know how you manage to get that <laughs> well they they trace it for you okay <laughs> and then we have like we have an example and then all of us kind of go off on and do our own thing but um but yeah I'm going again not this weekend but next weekend the weekend following because we have a friend, Danielle, who hosts our paint parties. She's an artist. And um, so she hosts them. And we haven't been able to do them during COVID. But now things are opening up again. So we are doing them again. And so it was just so much fun. Because we're like, ah, we're all my girlfriends were like all excited to see each other. And um, okay. it was a lot of fun. I know I need to find a group here because since we moved, um, oh, I need to find a group. I know. It's, you will. I find it harder. <laughs> 
obviously the older you get because you know you have responsibilities and all yeah. that crap but <laughs> but also like my age group no kids like that is so hard yeah and it's not that i don't want friends with kids i don't care but like they just they have, they have different priorities. Things. Yeah. They have different and, priorities. And it's just, it's hard. I find it so much harder to maintain friendships when you just don't have, that's a fundamental difference. Like, yeah. yeah, I love kids. And quite honestly, like, I just, not that I, I tell people this a lot, we, I just haven't been able to have kids. So it's not that, like, I chose, I don't want to have kids. It just, it didn't that's happen. How life, yeah, that's how life happened. And yeah, that's so I just feel like it's so it's such a fundamental difference that is so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm so blessed where I live because I have um, a friendship circle, a pretty big one. And every, men and women, it's all of us as men and women, because, you know, the husbands come along and and um, <clears throat> we all are dog people and not just like I have a dog. We're insane dog people. And so it's kind of fun. And, and we hang out way too much. We call our, this is our COVID bubble. So we all were able to hang out with each other during COVID. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that. But it, it is, it's, it's kind of hard because you get older, um, you know, and I think the past couple of years have been stress on a lot of relationships because, you know, it's, we haven't been able to see each other and, um, it's it's different. I mean, we were talking about moving to Arizona for, for a little bit. And that was one thing that I was worried about. It's like, well, I have friends. I mean, my sister and my brother are there. My Well, my sister-in-law and my brother are there. Um, but she has five kids. So it's not like she's going to be able to entertain me the entire time. <laughs> I'm the big sister. So I would demand that my brother entertain me the entire time. But, <laughs> but um, it's like, oh, my God. And, and I... I was worried about that. It's just like, cause I have such a big group of friends here and it, it is, it's like, you know, like starting, you know, at a new school. Yeah. It's like, totally. Oh. <laughs> Except you don't like even get to go to school to meet people. You have to like, you have to point. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And it's just like, for me, it was, we, cause we also have lots of pet festivals here mm -hmm. or we used to, and we, and that's how I met all of my friends is through, I would have a booth. And, you know, so we started getting to know each other. And, um, and so that's how I met all of my friends today. But um, if it weren't for that, I, I don't know, because usually it's like you meet people at work, and they mm -hmm. become your friends, but I work from home. So same. same. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so much more difficult. Like, I, I kind of wish I could just be a kid again. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I don't sure. want to go to school and I don't want to have the, like, <laughs> you know, that like turmoil. I don't want to go back to being goth. I was goth in high school. It wasn't pretty. <gasps> that is awesome. That is so awesome. I love it. Well, I grew up in the 80s, so I had big hair and like my I don't even have my high school yearbook anymore because it just it was so cringe that I was like, I don't even want to remember what I look like in high school, but lots of eyeshadow and big hair. Yeah. It's okay. We all have, <laughs> we all, have <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. I know, like I said, My this pleasure. was so educational and informative. And yeah, co-ops are definitely, I, I need to look my that's my goal in life like literally my goal in life is to be a diy raw feeder and i haven't achieved that yet 
It's work. It truly is work. I mean, I love it, but it's work. And it's just like one of those where, yeah, I've made it easy for myself and I have a good system that works for me, but I don't blame people for not doing it, especially if you have smaller pets, because you can basically go, if my dogs were, if I had four small breed dogs, I'd be feeding Darwin's. I mean, they deliver to my door. They are just down the freeway. I mean, it's like I would be doing that all day long. But, you know, it's just not affordable with my big dogs. And I actually enjoy doing all of this. And, you know, it feeds content to my blog and social media. But it is. It's work. And so it's like it's funny when years ago I used to see people you know, like you guys are just being lazy, just go and do it. I understand why people don't want to do it because it's intimidating and you don't want to do it wrong. And, you know, it, it's, it is, and I get that. So um, I, I don't shade anyone for not feeding DIY. It's a good goal to have, but don't rush yourself. No. Well, I finally feel like I'm at the place where I'm not second guessing myself. Like when mm -hmm. I first started, I was like, I don't know if I can do this right. Which isn't is that my... like a gr the greatest feeling when you're yeah. just doing it? Oh, yeah. I feel like I would be totally fine with. Eh, I can get this this week and next week I can't. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. no big deal. Like, I feel like I'm I'm there. I just don't have the the time to yeah. put into it right now. Yeah. That's what it's... it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, oh, um, you guys listening, I almost forgot you were here, but <laughs> I, it didn't come in time. I wanted to let you know all the whole month of November, we're now into December when this goes live, we're in December. Um, so the whole month of November, I released a new piece of merch, a new design on my merch store. And I came out with a new design for Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday. And my nice. my copy didn't get here in time. I wanted to show you guys today. So I'll just throw it up on the screen. But it's um, you'll have to go to the petparentingreset.com, click on the merch tab. And the new design is up. It's in two different colors. You can get it in purple or you can get it in white. And it just it says progress over perfection with a cute little picture of a Love dog. that. Love and that. it really is about training, but it applies to literally everything in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Um, so I'll throw that up on the screen for those of you watching the video. Um, if you're not, or even if you are, go to the petparentingreset.com and click on merch. Um, and also, well, first, first click on Patreon, because when you join Patreon for as little as a dollar, you get a special discount code. So I'm doing as little as a dollar, too. I'm glad you are, too, because it gives you that message. We don't recommend this. And I'm like, mm. I know. But a well, dollar is so easy for people to do. I know. Well, I wanted to give something to Facebook followers mm -hmm. who were used to getting content on Facebook, and then all of a sudden... They're yeah. not showing my content to anyone. Yes. Um, that, well, they closed my ad account. That's um, right. And then right at the same time, my engagement went to like next to zero. So I was like. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to close mine because I haven't done ads in a few years. And so I'm waiting for them to close my account. Well, that's what happened to me. I didn't run ads during I tried to do YouTube ads during COVID um so I stopped my Facebook ads and when I went to um schedule a new Facebook ad uh not too terribly long ago they were like sorry 
<laughs> you, it's like, you're a cheater. We know you went over to YouTube. <laughs> we don't like YouTube over here. Right? <laughs> Me neither. That's why you should be watching on Rumble. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. I really oh, enjoyed talking to you so much. You too. I love when I can have somebody on the podcast and we can just talk and it's not like question and answer, question and answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was you. fun. Thank yeah, you for sure having me. Kimber- I'm sorry? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, of it. course. Make sure to check out Keep the Tail Wagging and her merch because, I mean, it's just some of the cutest stuff you guys really need. To- and, and follow her on Patreon because I know I do. Um, thank you. And I, I can follow, follow you. you on Patreon. <laughs> and not, I mean, it's not the dollar tier. So it's a little bit. And I appreciate that. it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I like it so much better because I know, like, I get it. I actually get to see your content there. I can yeah. see your, like, I have noticed that I do see some more of your stuff lately. Um, but for a while there, I wasn't seeing it. And I was like, mm-hmm. mm. a lot of so people I, weren't. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I really like having that. And I'm very selective on Patreon. And um, so, yeah, I like I, I want to see your content. And if you're listening, you want to see her content. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. All right, guys. And until next week. Bye. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.